Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Not teaching their children not to yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we got it straight. If you want to be part of this discussion and part of this decision, then you will respect the process. This is not some kind of a theater or a carnival. This is a very solemn occasion where we are making important discussions and decisions. Okay, there's a little bit of the uh, the mayhem this week at Richmond City Council over this proposed supervised drug consumption site in the city there. You heard the mayor there at the end trying to maintain order. Wow, this got really wild this week in the city of Richmond. A lot of politics involved here, too. And let's discuss it now with my guest, Bill Thielman. It's our Friday visit with him. Bill is a former Vancouver City Council candidate. He's a veteran BC political strategist and campaigner. Hey, Bill. Morning, Mike. Okay, thanks a lot for coming on. Okay, this is wild uh, scenes we saw at Richmond City Hall this week. They, they did end up voting in favor of this drug consumption site in Richmond. But then the health authority turned around and said, "Well, we're not do we're not going to put one in there anyway." What did you th- What did you think about this whole the way this all unfolded? <laughs> oh man, the the level of politics and all of this is amazing, Mike. As you've been discussing this week, but look, uh, a couple of things are clear. Number one, uh, Richmond City Councilor Cash Heat, who is strongly backing this safe consumption site. Uh, I think any ambitions he has or had for being the next mayor of Richmond have evaporated, completely evaporated, because he's been the lightning rod out there for those who are opposed to this. Uh, second thing, uh, some people are saying, well, you know, David Eby stopped it. Vancouver Coastal Health never asked Richmond City Council to do this. It was Richmond City Councilors, uh, Cash Heed and, and another councillor, that brought it forward. So it wasn't like the Coastal Health said, hey, could you do this, and then backed out of it again. They never asked for it. So you have to wonder why it was put forward in the first place. And then, of course, there's all of the... Um, politics around the federal politics is lots of federal politicians or would-be politicians former politicians involved on one side uh or the other so it, it's just been a wild uh battle over there and i have to say i i just watching i think like well it was all over something that's not going to happen it's kind of amazing yeah yeah well uh you know cash he told me that he had received some indication from some officials in the health authority that maybe they were interested in in putting a a supervised drug consumption site in there. So, I mean, there, there's lots of sort of finger pointing going back and <laughs> forth about this, but let's, yeah. let's play a, a clip of Cashy because, because David Eby st- uh, stepped in here at one point too and said like, well, do we even need, why, why is Richmond doing this? Uh, mm-hmm. Do we, I'm told we don't even need this drug consumption site there, which he'd thought was, he accuses uh, Eby here of politically meddling in this thing. Let's listen. But then it seems to be politicized because the premier has come out and said, well, no, uh, you know, we don't really need that here. Twenty six people died. Tell those to the family that lost the loved ones. Tell them to the families that are going to lose their loved ones in 2024 because of dismissive attitude based on political gain. Again, now we're hearing it from the province. 
Okay, yeah, it's uh, Richmond City Councilor <laughs> yeah. Cash Heed here saying that David Eby politically meddled in this thing. He supported this drug consumption site. Bill, your thoughts? Well, again, you know, if Vancouver Coastal Health had said publicly to the mayor and council, we would like to open a safe, safe drugs consumption site in Richmond. It would be a different story, but it wasn't. It came out of the motion that Kashid and Laura Glanders put forward at the Richmond Council. And, you know, I, I mean, you have to wonder why they would put forward a motion when it didn't have the public backing of the Coastal Health Authority. So I'm not surprised that the premier said that because nobody had asked for it except for Kashid well, and another councillor. But you got to admit, I mean, there's we got an election coming up here in the fall. Oh, yeah. The, the yeah, NDP yeah. No. has got, got seats there in Richmond they want to hang on to. They were worried about a potential backlash over this thing in Richmond, which, you know, there are obviously some political motivations here to to sweep this thing under the rug and get no, rid of it. No, 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 no question that it would be kind of astonishing if the province said, let's do this. You've got yeah. three Richmond MLAs. Those seats were... Uh, were taken from the BC Liberals, uh, currently BC United now, uh, in the last in the 2020 election. So there's no there is no percentage in it for for the NDP or uh, David Eby to want this thing. But again, you know, they didn't ask for it. That's that's the difference. Well, what, but what does it say to residents of other neighborhoods that have these safe conju- these supervised consumption sites? Like I'm thinking about people in Yale Town who have been complaining yeah, yeah. about that, well, and suddenly they piped up, they complained, and it's like, well, it's too bad, so sad. It's going in anyway. And then this community gets its back up, and they and they say, "Oh, we're don't don't worry, we're not putting one in." Yeah, well, you know, we haven't seen very many of them, Mike, and and I don't think you're going to see a lot more of them because we have seen huge problems. I know people who live in Yaletown and have have told me about how terrible uh, the situation has been, and I think a lot of people are second giving having second thoughts about this. There's, it's one thing to say we want to save lives; it's another thing to have a neighborhood you know turn into a disaster area yeah. because of that. So I don't I don't think we've got a very good handle on how these things operate. You know, the original insight uh, has clearly been successful, and um, but when you expand it out into you know fairly residential uh, neighborhoods that are, are definitely not in favor of it. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just I don't think it's good politics or good policy when you impose something on people that they don't want. It just doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's talk about Justin Trudeau's bad week here. So let's start with the <laughs> Arrive Can audit. So this is the Federal Auditor General Karen Hogan and her audit of this Arrive Can app. Man, this is a devastating audit of this program. Let's have a listen to Global News reporter Mackenzie Gray here, and you will hear from the Federal Auditor General here too. Let's listen. This is probably some of the worst financial record keeping that I've seen. The ArriveCan app was so poorly managed that Auditor General Karen Hogan could only guess how much it cost. The estimate? $59.5 million. So murky because nearly 20% of the invoices to the Canada Border Services Agency didn't have enough information. This audit shows a glaring disregard for basic management and contracting practices. Bill, your thoughts? Well, I think, Mike, you know, we've seen the polls show that Pierre Polyev and the Conservatives are way, way ahead of Justin Trudeau and the Liberals and Jagmeet Singh and DP. I, I just was watching this uh, unfold and I thought, I think the Liberals are doomed. I mean, I, it's, yeah. it's not the amount of money. $59.5 million is a lot of money, but not in, in the context of a federal budget. But it just shows a, a level of incompetence, it's just an inability to control costs or effectively budget or manage a, a relatively minor program. And, and on an app, you know, it's kind of like uh, when the Conservatives, um, Bev Oda, 
conservative uh, cabinet minister had a $15 glass of orange juice on her hotel bill. It doesn't matter the amount. It's just the kind of the, the arrogance or the incompetence that you see here. And uh, I don't know. Every single poll keeps showing this up. And this is just like kind of cementing Trudeau's oh, yeah. feet into the cement. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is just another nail in the in the potential coffin here. And, and Pierre Polyev just dining out here on this Arrive Can scandal. Let's listen to him here, Bill. He's taken 60 million of your tax dollars and given it to a corrupt app, a rive scam that doesn't work, that we didn't need, and that went 750 times over budget. Think of that the next time you go to the grocery store and you look at the cost of the food and that bill is too high for you to pay. Yeah, this is where he really sort of turns it around and, and places it in people's yeah, mind. Just yeah. remember that the next time you, you're paying for inflated prices at the grocery store. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know that there's any real connection to that, but I do know that it's just every honest, ordinary person watching this is just going to say, I can't believe it. It's it's just absolutely total and incredible incompetence that there was no checks and balances, nobody watching over the store here. I mean, this is the federal government, which, you know, penny pinches you on all sorts of things on your taxes and, and everything else you have to do with government. And then they just, you know, this is the proverbial spending like a drunken sailor. Yeah. Okay, let's finish up with... Um <laughs> it went from bad to worse for Trudeau here. His Stephen Gilbo, the federal environment minister, makes this astonishing comment during a speech in, in Montreal about the, he says, the federal government will stop investing in large road projects, you, reported by the Montreal Gazette newspaper. And man, you, you, you know, you talk about just handing these opportunities on a silver platter to Polyev. He just goes after this, rips into Trudeau in question period. Trudeau responding here. Let's listen. Well, the crazy carbon tax minister has done it again. This time, he's saying that the federal government is not going to support any new road construction. Our government's approach to investing in trade corridors and roads that Canadians rely on has not changed since 2015. Okay, so Gilbo then walking it back and saying, whoa, 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 this isn't what I meant. I was just talking about one project in Quebec. Bill, your thoughts? Well, you cannot make mistakes at the federal level when you're a senior cabinet minister and you know that Daniel Smith and Doug Ford and all sorts of other provincial premiers are aiming at you. Daniel Smith even said publicly she wants him removed from office. You can't make a mistake that big. You just can't do it. And, you know, the federal government is a major player in in highway construction and bridges and roads. They, they put in federal funding. They come out and clip the ribbon with the provincial premiers and highways ministers, etc. And uh, it's one thing to say, we're going to promote rapid transit and transit options and in cities etc but if you live anywhere outside of a major urban area highways are essential and so i you know it just it just boggles the mind uh, at a time when they're so low in the polls and poly of dines out on almost everything Stephen gibo says that he would make such a colossal error it's just it's yeah. just mind-boggling all right, Bill Thielman is my guest. Let's go right to your phone calls here and speak to Jim in Surrey. Hey, Jim, go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. You know, this CG Industries, I've been reading all over the place. They've been awarded about $258 million in contracts. I don't know if that's including the Arrive Can or not, but who the heck are these guys? Are we getting any value for money here? And $258 million plus $60 million? What's going on here? Who's responsible for explaining that to the taxpayer? 
me, you, and everybody yeah. else listening. What's going on here? Thank you. Yeah, th- th- thank you for this. So GC Strategies is this small two-person company, Bill, out of Ottawa, these two kind of IT bros who are running it here. They get this huge contract on ArriveCan. They end up subcontracting it out to a whole bunch of other people here. Yeah, do we know who these guys are? I mean, I they, they do seem to have received a lot of government contracts here. Your thoughts? I think this story is not anywhere near over. And as uh, as Jim and Surrey just said, there's all these other contracts that now people are going to wonder about. I mean, it sounds like, and we don't know all the details yet, we do know the RCMP are looking at this, so there could be more, more uh, shoes to drop yet on this one. But you have to wonder how somebody with maybe good political connections, some excellent um, proposal writing skills, could be the conduit from such a small, uh, as you say, two-person um, company. How can they yeah. how can they be the conduit for for a quarter of a billion dollars worth of contracts for government? It, it just yeah, it's unbelievable. Again, it just looks terrible. Yeah, no kidding. Steve in the North Shore. Hi, Steve. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Hi, guys. I think one of the lost stories in this Rive Scam app is the full infringement on our basic rights, where over 10,000 people were unnecessarily jailed, a.k.a. quarantined. And we know the story behind lockdowns now after the fact, but if that 60 million bucks was a big bill, and thankfully I wasn't one of these people who was had to be quarantined, but I think they could be looking at a huge lawsuit on their hand for that stuff, too. Thanks. Okay, well, you know, if you go back to the height of the pandemic, Bill, when this thing was rolling out, and a lot of people will remember using this ArriveCan app on their phone over vaccine status and the rest of it, there was a ton of public support for vaccine mandates because we didn't know what fent- we didn't yeah. know what this disease was at the time but your thoughts oh yeah exactly i mean i i yeah. used the app when i was traveling uh, well yeah in, in 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 theory the app could make uh, complete sense and what it should have done is make it easier for people and well that's think, what it was know, supposed what, to do it was supposed to make things streamline things yeah. and make it easier getting through the for airport traveling. yeah yeah exactly yeah. i mean but when steve says jailed i think he really means i uh, couldn't leave their homes or couldn't well, travel yeah, not, not that they were in actual jail just want to clarify that i i, yeah. I don't know of anyone who was jailed for for not uh, being vaccinated, but they couldn't travel on airlines for a while. And, uh, you know, I think this is, uh, again, example of, uh, you know, the old saw, we're from government, we're here to help when it doesn't work. You know? yeah, yeah. So. Brenda in Langley. Hi, Brenda, go ahead. Oh, hi there. Um, I just wanted to know if Bill knew about this, uh, speaking of um, putting in things where people don't want them, like in Richmond, uh, in um in the Semiamu lands, uh, they're putting this uh, Andean uh, biofuel facility that's four acres right, you know, north of the Peace Arch border when you, you know, come back to Canada. And people don't want it in the community, but uh, I just wondered if Bill, Bill had I, heard I'm- about it. I'm not aware of particulars. I've heard generally about it. I mean, pretty clearly people are going to be anxious in any community about a, any kind of a fuel uh, depot or processing or, or storage place. Uh, and, you know, there's other things going on. But, uh, again, you know, city council zones uh, for different, you know, industrial purposes, residential purposes. And it might be something you want to look into, Mike, but I'm not aware of any particulars on it. Bill, thank you for coming on today. My pleasure.